Well, we're back, and we've kidnapped somebody from the Resting Pitch Face podcast. We're enunciating things, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> That's Pitch Face with a P, as in Peter. As in pitching, which is an action Ooh, yes. of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Resting Pitch Face is a podcast technically about the nationals but about baseball in general and we wanted to get some women who talk about baseball to come and talk about baseball with us but first let's check in really quickly on the current state of baseball and i'm starting to feel just for the record i'm starting to feel a little awkward about doing just the drops because like have you been following what's been going on Bits and pieces. I've been it's, meaning to look more into what is, like, the details of what's happening. It is ridiculous. It's so hard to follow now because it's legit legal arguing. And that's what it, yeah, because I saw something about it today and it made, yeah, I was like, whoa, okay, whoa. <laughs> it's like, wait a second, what? <laughs> yeah, it's no longer a casual, like, oh, the owners want this, but the players want this. It's like... It's, their percent you have to do math <laughs> oh yeah you have to do math and you have to understand various legal terms and contract law man i'm not going back to school for that <laughs> it's gotten really ridiculous my favorite <laughs> is when the lawyer the lawyers in baseball argue because so this is something that i noticed when i first started following baseball stuff the saber metrics crowd there are a ton of ex-lawyers in there huh for some reason Writing about baseball and the writing that you do to become a lawyer, like you're you, like, someone actually analyzed and was like, well, you're using similar parts of your brain to, I don't really? know. Huh. I, I just know that you'll find several people who are lawyers or were lawyers wow. who also are very into sabermetrics and baseball. Huh. They understand it way better than me. I just know that someone was joking, but I'm, Someone joked, see you, uh, see a Major League Baseball in 2023, basically <laughs> saying, like, by the time you figure this out, it'll be time to renegotiate the player's contract. So we'll lose oh, another man. season to that work stoppage. Yeah. And I say joking, but Star Wars, Disney just pushed back Star Wars Celebration until That's 2022. Right. So yeah, they did. Man. We are starting to see that. <laughs> What if that happened and then they're like, oh man, with player negotiations and that coming up, we might want to bust out the women's league again. So Justine <laughs> Siegel, Seigel, S-I-E-G-A-L. Wow, I cannot talk. Let me see if I can pull up what her handle is since I'm on Twitter anyway. Those are articles about her. Okay, it's at Justine Baseball on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And for the record, people I reference it all the time because you do not need to have a Twitter account to look up these people. Like you can, oh, okay. you can, you can go to twitter.com and put in something and you, oh, you're not okay. going to be able to follow them without creating an account. But if you're just looking to see like, wait, who is this person? Do they have links? Because like she has a link to the website baseballforall.com. Okay. But she recently tweeted with the um, image of Dottie doing the split. She said, if MLB can't get there, us women are ready to jump in and play. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> so it is 
possible. That could happen. <laughs> All because of our podcast. <laughs> yes, obviously. We created this. Actually, no, I don't want to be blamed for I know, this. I was going to say, <laughs> we thought of the podcast idea and everything went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. And um, I'm like, oh, I laugh only because it's true. No. <laughs> well, let's cheer ourselves up. Let's listen to our conversation with Laura. I feel like that was a much more generally positive outlook on the sport. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of A League of Their Own, one inning at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Terry Steele, and with me, as I guess I can say always, not to jinx it, is Rachel Mummer. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and we are once again joined by a guest. Today we have Laura Schur of Resting Pitch Face with us. I just realized I didn't ask how to pronounce your last name. Now I remember what question I was going to ask you before we started <laughs> recording. Oh. <laughs> It's sheer, but everybody says sure, which, you know, if it's sure like Scherzer, I really can't complain about that. Um, but it is it is sheer, but it's totally fine. So obviously, Laura is someone I have only seen on Twitter before and not talked to in real life. But your podcast, do you want to explain kind of what it is? Sure. Um, so I'm one of the co-hosts of Resting Pitch Face podcast. And we are mainly a Washington Nationals podcast, but even within that, we're pretty queer, feminist, heavy, even when we're just talking about regular dudes playing baseball. But then beyond that, we also spend a fair amount of time talking about women's baseball, girls' baseball, um, both currently and in the past. And so a league of their own is near and dear to my heart, and I always feel the need to remind the world that women are still playing baseball right now. So that's a big thing that we love to talk about because a lot of people who love the movie actually don't realize. And it's it's a big missed opportunity for people who loved watching Dottie and Kit who don't realize you can actually still watch women play baseball today. That was a big thing when we were talking about our, our ninth inning section is just about the reunion and it's wrapping up and the credits. And I got very like, Rachel can vouch for this, like not actually depressed on air, but I was just like, we were so full of hope. We really mm, thought they yeah. were going to revive the league and like, yeah, because um, I remember Penny Marshall talking about it and the Sue Macy book that came out around the same time was talking about like, they're going to try and do some more women's teams. And this was right after the Florida minor league team. I think they were going to have a minor league team that was all women. I hope I'm not misremembering that. But that was like late 80s, early 90s too. And I was just like, man, we really thought it was coming. And then I have to like remind myself that there definitely are women playing baseball right now. It's okay if they're not like wearing these uniforms. In fact, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> if they're not wearing the skirts, yeah, I think they'd probably agree with that. <laughs> they make a great Halloween costume. Just throwing that out there into the universe. I've done <laughs> oh, it I and it's one. super fun. One. Oh, yeah. I wear it every year. I come up with a reason. Even if I'm going to do a new costume for real Halloween, I come up with some other reason that I have to wear the Peaches uniform. It's very important. <laughs> nice. Well, I guess you mentioning it's a Peaches uniform. One of the things I've been asking people is if they have a favorite character or scene that just really they related to when they saw this movie. So my favorite character would, would have to be kind of the double act of Doris and May. Oh, yes. 
I know I'm cheating by picking two, but you can't have one without the other. With mm-hmm. the two of them. You just can't. I love their their relationship and their interactions throughout this movie too. And just Doris, especially that one bus scene, you know, when she's just talking about, you know, her bow. And then she realizes like- put. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just how she comes to the realization, like, you know, because she felt so odd and out of place and she never felt like she fit in anywhere in life. And then she discovered this league and all of these women that were like her and she's like, that validate she's like you know that kind of validates her and who she is and she's like it's fine to be me and you know this is my life now so long charlie i know (laughs) (laughs) i love when uh she has her fans that come to the games yes and may is like coaching her on how to interact with them (laughs) say thank you i love that (laughs) i will say and and i don't think this is a way that you have to see it i think there are plenty of people who don't and and that's fine too but i definitely growing up as what i didn't know yet was a queer kid a queer teenager seeing the two of them and their interaction it does read very much like they have some kind of a coupledom going on under the surface and given the fact that that was really true that was really happening i don't know if you guys saw the netflix documentary that just came out um a secret love not yet it's on my list <laughs> It's framed a little weirdly. Don't let the opening put you off. Okay. Um, but it's once you get past the first few minutes, it's actually really, really wonderful. And and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, it's a documentary called A Secret Love that's about a real couple, two women, one of whom played in the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League and her eventual wife who did not. And the two of them were together for like 75 years and eventually got married when they were well into old age, having been together in secret for like 65 of those years. And I think now that we know more about the fact that there were couples in the league, and again, I'm geeking out here a little bit, so forgive me, but there was an amazing article that came out a couple years ago now, actually, by Brittany de la Creta, which is on um, Narratively, about a bunch of different couples and about sort of the, the gender politics of the charm school, which really did happen. It's it's like one of my love-hate favorite scenes in the movie because it's so incredible that they really had to do that, that they really had to learn how to sit like ladies mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, you know, they really did. And that was an incredibly important part of the image that the League wanted to have. And of course, these ladies who, you know, Doris reminds me of, who were not feminine in any stereotypical way for the time or even now in a lot of ways that this was a big obstacle and there were women who were not accepted into the league because they were not feminine enough oh marla's face when he says everyone in this league is going to be a lady oh poor Mm, marla just (laughs) yeah it's funny i remember reading a biography of dotty kamenshek and i think it was in that where she said like Later in her career, she realized charm school was kind of a missed opportunity because there were things of worth in amongst all the junk. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of frustrating to her where she's like, well, that was a good experience to have, but I don't want to go back to that. But it was useful to have Mm -hmm. some advice before we became these kind of mini celebrities in these towns. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. and obviously Kamenshek was with Rockford for years and years. She was a star. And she said, like, you know, you don't know how to deal with people just walking up to you on the street and talking to you like they know you. And mm-hmm. Charm School could have its uses if it had been tweaked towards that instead of 
here's how you cross your legs when you sit down. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting you say that because even today, you know, the media training that the men of the current MLB get, it prepares you for some things, but not for others. And I think we've, we've seen a fair amount of that and, and kind of the things that it instills in these players that are not positive, like talking about not talking about salaries and a lot of the sort of Mm anti-labor sentiment that slowly under the pandemic circumstances, some guys are starting to feel like they can speak out. But it's, it's very interesting kind of what is the masculine analog of this media training today. And it does have a positive side, learning how to deal with fans and the general public and, and a dark side, you know, the kind of follow the party line, you're part of the club, keep your head down kind of side yeah. of it. So it's really interesting. Yeah. It's all ongoing. It's all a mess. That's one of the things I really appreciated <laughs> about the TV show pitch was how much of it was not even about her baseball skills, but trying to navigate that world and what it meant. And it's so funny. I'm not to completely backtrack, but one of my greatest joys was reading that biography of Cam and Sheck and them being like, and then she moved with her friend who she lived with the rest of her life. And I'm just like, uh huh, her friend. Gals being pals, just gals being pals. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> I don't know anything about her personal life. I am not saying anything because I am very much of the, look, whatever you say you are, that's fine. Not for me to tell you that you're lying. Like Exactly. <laughs> definitely. No, definitely. And it's important to be respectful. Yeah. Well, that's what having uh, my best friend in high school finally came out junior year of college when she was moving in with her girlfriend. And my parents, wow. my entire, like when I met her at 14, were like, Tierney, we think she's, and I'm like, she says she's straight. You can't see, I'm doing the shrug emoji, basically. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. That's up to her to say. Yeah, <laughs> so, and there's a lot of reasons somebody's going to tell you what they're going to tell you, and you mm. don't necessarily know what those are. Yeah. Exactly. That's I listen to the podcast Stuff You Missed in History, and they run into mm, that all the yeah. time with queer history, and then also people who, like, change their names or how they identify, where they're like, okay. Now we're switching, you know, like, how do you do that respectfully and also not assign things in retrospect? Because that, like you said, it's not really our place to do that, but you don't want to leave that out of history. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of someone, one of the few, but we can call her great anyway, because she is great. I was going to say one of the great, and then I realized maybe the only actually (laughs) out women ballplayers. And there are are a few of the more recent of the national team. But Isla Borders has a memoir that came out in the last couple of years that's absolutely stunning about basically being the woman college baseball player Mm. at a women's college, trying to deal with the fact that she thought she might be gay. And ultimately, eventually coming out long afterwards. And it's, I mean, between the baseball details, the gender politics, the queer identity aspect, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. It's called Making My Pitch. And I would highly recommend it to anybody who loves baseball, but particularly women's baseball, and particularly if you're Hmm. interested in the queer angle. I just think everybody should read it, honestly. But it's a great (laughs) book. (laughs) But those are the specific people who especially should read it right yeah but everybody but everybody should read it i have way too many book recommendations though about women's baseball so you guys are gonna need to stop me if you if you don't want to hear all of them and make this a different podcast (laughs) episode than what it's planned to be i will try and pace myself because i have been on a baseball books kick since well actually since new year's i just happened to have a bunch of baseball books on my list and then i knew i was gonna start this so i started tracking down all the women in baseball ones and now I was like, oh, okay, 
let me switch it up a little. And my switch it up was reading like Brothers in Arms about great Dodgers pitchers throughout <laughs> history. Oh, and yeah. so I'm like, this is great, but also my brain is broken. <laughs> I've, I've basically been alternating, particularly since the lockdown started, um, alternating between baseball memoirs and astronaut memoirs. Those are kind of my two niches. And they have a lot more in common than you would think, particularly some of the gender politics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that, that angle. Oh, man. I, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, I follow her on Twitter, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big old nerd. (laughs) I know we've been asking everyone if they remember when they first saw this movie, which has been very varied responses (laughs) so Mm. far. Yeah. Because I didn't see it in theaters. It showed yeah, up in VHS either. at a friend's house. Well, I didn't see it in theaters either. Wait, do you guys remember what year it came out? It's 92, 92. right? Okay, so that's why, because I was born in 93. Mm. Ah, oh. so yeah, that would have been impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't honestly remember when I first saw it. I just, I don't remember not having seen it. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it too. We didn't own it. I don't remember I I remember a lot of the VHSs that I watched over and over and over mm-hmm. again and this wasn't one of them. I think maybe my uncle had it and so even though we didn't have it, I saw it a lot. But what's funny is I have never seen most of the male baseball movie canon such as it is. Like I've never yeah. seen The Sandlot. I only just watched I mix up the titles. Is it Rookie of the Year with Roy Hobbs and the Lightning Bolt? That's The Natural. That's The, the Natural. Yeah. Rookie of the Year, of the year is Costner, Thomas. right? Rookie of the Year's the one where that kid breaks his arm and then he's like a phenomenal pitcher. Oh. Costner is for the love of the game, amongst others. Which yeah. I've seen. Yeah. I have seen. But but I basically hadn't seen any of these <laughs> men in baseball movies. Like, I grew up with A League of Their Own. Yeah. And that was yeah. my idea of a baseball movie. That's just what I thought baseball movies were. Yeah. That's the same. Yeah. I've only seen, like, The Sandlot, Rookie of the Year. And A League of Their Own, I've not, I mean, I, like I said before, I've only recently seen Major League (laughs) for the first time. (laughs) I saw Major League for the first time a couple years ago where I kind of went on a quest like, all right, I have not seen these movies or I've only seen the same clips over and over again. Oh, yeah. So I tried to watch a bunch of them. And I will say I adore The Sandlot, obviously. Oh, yeah. Me too. um, Angels in the Outfield were my like go to oh, baseball one too. movie. The See, one with I Joseph. Yeah. They're obviously the remake with Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt. Love it. That's right. I didn't know he was in that. Maybe I'll watch it. He's that's right. a child. <laughs> He's <laughs> <is> so <amazing>. little. <laughs> He's so little, and I love it so much. And Tony Danza, you get Tony Danza. Yeah, isn't he the angel? Like yeah. He's the pitcher. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot of, like, very realistic baseball. No. <laughs> but it is kind of fun. <laughs> but I just saw this year for the first time Bull Durham because mm. I'm friends with someone doing a podcast on it. And he was like, all right. And he sent me just the first three minutes to watch and then had me watch the whole thing. And I'm going to for the end of his podcast. I do appreciate that that one is it's a Kevin Costner baseball movie, but it's also like the narrator is Susan Sarandon mm-hmm. and it's the woman who loves baseball. So oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, I can get in on this. That <laughs> The Naturals was just kind of weird. It's very <laughs> weird. I was kind of shocked by how weird it was. I enjoy, like, I liked the baseball of it. And that was when my dad had the soundtrack, the score to The Natural. And that was mm. our road trip. You know, when you go on road <laughs> trips and you only had, like, the, C- the yeah. few CDs in the car, that was always <laughs> one of them. And so I always kind of feel a little protective of it. But then I actually watched the movie. And I'm like, I don't know that I like this 
this movie. I think I just like that it exists in the world. (laughs) Well, and those are allowed to both be true, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we all have things that we watched when we were young or that we were attached to from when we were younger. Then we look back at them and it's like, okay, this did this did something for me emotionally that was important. And that can still be true. Mm -hmm. But I can look at it now in a different way. Oh, yeah. That's why I really appreciate this movie because, oh, thank goodness I latched onto this and not other (laughs) movies that were floating (laughs) around at the time. It has aged so much better than most. Not perfectly, but basically, I think because it's a period piece, that really helped. It does. Yeah. And I think that the biggest critique that I usually hear of it is a critique that the movie itself actually makes to a degree, which was the exclusion of black women from the league. Mm. And it is acknowledged in the movie, as you guys, of course, know. And I was trying to remember, I believe that the woman in that scene is supposed to be Mamie Johnson, who was, I think, of the three black women to play in the Negro Leagues, I think she was the only one who actually tried out for the AAGPBL, was Mamie Johnson. Yeah, she went... He was at the tryout. Um, it's not said that it's supposed to be her, but right. you can read it that way. Right. Certainly. Yeah. And yeah, I I always I think I said we covered that point. Like, please enjoy the next. And I timed it. And I was like, the next twenty seconds of addressing racism in this right. movie yeah. or whatever yeah. the time was. <laughs> it's less than a minute. I can tell you that. <laughs> It's like, uh, and we're back to the montage. <laughs> it is one of my favorite scenes, though. Just yeah. the weight that it has within that less than a minute, I think, is stunning for all mm. that it's so much less than those women deserved. Yeah, it's really, it's really. And while we're making recommendations, if you have the opportunity to watch the um, shoot, what's it called? Is it just called Tony Stone? It is just called Tony Stone. Tony Stone okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was one of my first, like, the world's getting weird. Um, I can watch this play online. We're going to do mm, that yeah. tonight. <laughs> I, well, so I actually that. was lucky enough to see it in New York last year. Oh, wow. Oh. And I'm really curious. I have not watched. It was the San Francisco production that they filmed, right? Yeah, San Francisco. Uh, commu- uh, our, CA is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd have to look up the uh, acronym. But if you look for San Francisco Tony Stone, you're going to find links and information about it. I wonder if you can still download it. I think it was for a limited time, but I'm not positive. I know it was for a limited time, but I also believe that time doesn't exist anymore. And sometimes (laughs) things go away and then they come back because we're all home a lot longer than anyone originally intended. This is very true. Maybe it will show up. Maybe not. But yeah, I, I adored that. I thought it was so good. She was just the actress was phenomenal. But I didn't really know that much. Like, my only book recommendation that I know about Mamie Johnson, it's a children's book. It is a picture book. Mm. (laughs) So there is a good history book about Toni Stone, which the play is actually based on. I don't know of any books about Mamie Johnson or Connie Morgan. Yeah, I... Uh, Mamie on the Mound is great, but it, it is a children's book. <laughs> like, well, it's kids need representation but... <laughs> too, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, that's the the two books that I owned about the AAG PBL were for children. Like yeah. they were uh, three. I own three, um, and they are all young adult or younger. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that though. I didn't have any books about them. I wish I had. I had um, Sue Macy's A Whole New Ball Game. Like the pages are ye- kind of yellow. Like it has that smell of an old book from your childhood. <laughs> and I read that religiously, had it memorized. I mean, I just adored that. And so I was I was lucky. This film came into my life right at the right age, right at the right intersection of interests. 
And uh, yeah, and it's been there ever since. And that's why I do a podcast on it now, <laughs> talking about it. But that's another reason why I have done something called Movies by Minutes podcast before, where you literally take a movie and you cut it into one minute clips. And every episode, you just talk about what happens in that one minute. Now, there aren't a lot of movies I think I could do that for, but I do think this would be one of them. It's amazing. And I think this movie certainly deserves it. But Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be able to have these kind of like more overarching conversations about about women in baseball because you know yes it's fun to geek out over the announcer's old-timey <laughs> things when he yells like aunt edna sucks she hit the cream <laughs> cheese out of that one mm. right I, and believe me i could have done a whole episode just on that but yeah i wanted to really emphasize where we were, where we are, what the impact of this movie has been. And so that's why I didn't do it one minute at a time. I love that I'm justifying this because my first (laughs) not movies by minute podcast. Well, it is actually pretty funny that we're doing this right now. I actually got a text over the weekend from a friend. It was just a picture. There was no explanation at all. And what it was was a picture of a TV screen paused with no identifying characters in it. Like, there's nobody's face that you can see. (laughs) But it's clearly Wrigley, and you can see, like, the edge of the skirt uniform at the side of the frame. Oh, wow. Mm. And I texted him back in all caps, I love that movie! (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I'm seeing it for the first time, blah, blah, blah. Like, (gasps) Oh, man. And A, I was so proud of who I am as a person that I could recognize this frame oh, with nobody yeah. in it. <laughs> and B, I was proud that I was the friend that he would text when he was seeing this movie for the first time. Like, I just felt like this is this is the image that I want to convey to the world. I am the person <laughs> that you text when you're watching A League of Their Own for the first mm-hmm. time, and I am here for that. <laughs> you would have loved... Uh, I watched the commentary, and it included Laurie Petty and uh, Megan Kavanaugh, who played Marla... And they're just completely geeking out over getting to play at Wrigley. Yeah. It was I love so that. sweet. <laughs> it must have been amazing. I actually have never watched the commentary. I need to do that. Yeah, it's worth it. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of like weird fat shaming of the Midwest by Penny Marshall, but it's over very yeah. quickly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I appreciate the heads where up. She was, it was very awkward where she's like, oh, we gained so much weight on this set. I'm like, yeah. stop talking, Penny. You're wonderful. Stop talking about this. <laughs> Let us keep thinking that. Stop talking. See, I also want to be like, well, you were also like, you know, playing baseball and, you know, being active yeah. for like how many hours a day for. You can, <laughs> you can hear the actresses trying to spin it. And I'm like, let's just move on. Let's I, just move yeah, on, yeah. guys. Like, we don't need to have this conversation at all. It's like, that's not why we're watching this movie. It's <laughs> yes, not what exactly. I get out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite thing of watching that was finding out that there is a deleted scene where, um, oh my God, I just blanked on his name in the movie, Harvey, uh, Gary Marshall, when he invites Tom Hanks to his mansion to <laughs> hire him at the beginning, he has scene. a hidden bar that we don't just get to in the see wall. in the completed, <laughs> that is complete with and bartender in, there. <laughs> in the wall. In the wall of what? His- in the wall of his library yeah. in his mansion. <laughs> and like when they go to leave, when it, when it goes cuts from like the deleted scene to the actual what's in the movie one of uh jimmy's last lines is like you know can he something like you know can he breathe in there or you know he's just or he you know yells back bye and then you can hear from in the wall the bartender's like you know bye mr dugan (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I would have that is one I understand that it adds nothing to the story but I would have I would have enjoyed it doesn't take anything away though <laughs> it, it's just one of those it's like why not <laughs> I just like the random uh, <laughs> yeah in the wall. yeah <laughs> it's so funny I almost called him Wrigley because I'm reading about the actual league management now and so yeah. my brain is just full of all these names that well and he is Wrigley right he's supposed to be Wrigley yeah, so he's spo- it's yeah. like calling it's like calling Jimmy Duke and Tom Hanks we all know who you're talking about <laughs> thank you <laughs> actually I um I appeared once on Die Hard Minute podcast and I insisted on referring to Al uh as Carl Winslow the entire time. <laughs> and people like wrote that's in awesome. to be like, she doesn't get it's that's not Carl Winslow. I'm like, you it know is. what? <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. And it isn't, and I understand that. And it was not a bit, but you know what I mean? Where it's just like, you obviously knew who I meant. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. But but took the time to write and tell me. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild leap here and guess that most of these people were men. You would be correct. <laughs> I'm shocked. Now, to be fair, I'm sure there are many female pedants as well. <laughs> hey, I I am one. I corrected a friend that a word that she was referring to as something's Latin name was actually Greek the other day. I can be very pedantic, oh, but yeah. you know, I try to I try to do it when it's actually important, like something. Oh yeah, something like Greek instead of Latin, like that. You know, that's important, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. These are the things that happen now. Everything's important. (laughs) Also, nothing matters. (laughs) (laughs) The duality of humanity. (laughs) Oh, the duality of the 2020 baseball season. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Schrodinger's baseball season. And I'm I'm actually, I don't know if you guys are bored enough to, as non-Nats fans, have watched the anything to do with the World Series ring unveil, Mm -hmm. but they had all this really kind of BS math about where all the numbers of the gems came from. Oh, wow. And so there's 108 <laughs> diamonds, I want to say. There's yeah, 108 diamonds. Yeah, that sounds right. And it's like the number of games that they won plus the number of elimination games that they faced plus the duality of the franchise. And various people on Nats Twitter with nothing else to do have been, of course, sitting around and debating, what does this mean, the duality of the franchise? Is it about the Expos? Is it about the Senators? Is it about, like, something deeper than this? Like, like what is this duality of the franchise, and how can we appreciate it, you know, the artistry of with this ring? Yeah. I really hope that when they think about that, that, you know, Duel of the Fates is playing in the background. <laughs> That would just be the cherry on top of the of it all for me. <laughs> well, and what's amazing is there's 108 stitches on a baseball. That's all they had to say. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You, they didn't you have to make it up. <laughs> uh, I was introduced to that by someone making the Indiana Jones joke and removed two to honor the Hebrew God. Who- <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that was that was a movie I had on VHS. I yes. think my parents still have that on VHS, actually. It was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. I love Indiana Jones. I'm also a big Indiana Jones nerd. You'll be shocked to hear. But yeah, that like that had me laughing hysterically. And then the other thing is I have a toddler. And <laughs> the first thing I heard about that f- was uh, the baby shark connection. <laughs> We're very big on in our house. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I think I only just got it out of my head from the World Series. <laughs> no, I'm sorry for putting it back out into the universe. <laughs> it's okay. The ring ceremony has it out already. Gerardo yeah. Parra's kids were watching it on Instagram today. I had to go listen to something else. <laughs> See, I just accepted it. I know so many parents are like, oh, it's so awful. And I'm like, 
at a certain point, it just becomes like background. You don't even process that it's happening anymore. Well, did you guys know it before the video? I remember, I think... Just from different like camps I'd yeah, gone to, I because I'm yeah, like, why we, is this a new thing? Like, I know this already. <laughs> what I love is that people are like, oh, baby sharks a thing, and I was like, oh, so baby easy. shark. I used to work at a summer camp. I was like, I know that one, so I taught it to them, and they're like, Tierney, why are you singing about calling nine one one? And I'm like, cause shark attack, right? Yeah. One CPR, you're okay. <laughs> There's all these verses. <laughs> Stop teaching that to your one year old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll ring around the rosies about the plague, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. My kid has started singing Ring Around the Rosie during a global pandemic and it's oh no. creeping me out. <laughs> you might be I'm sorry, that way. has nothing to do with a league of their own, but I just had to like share it in case I like am a ghost sometime. Has, has it occurred to you that you might be in a horror movie? <laughs> I know. It's entirely possible at this point. <laughs> but yeah, originally I was like, Rachel, are we still gonna do this? Because Baseball got real weird real fast. Yeah. Well, and isn't that just the whole point of A League of Their Own, though? That baseball got real weird real fast and this was what they did? That can be our tagline for this. That was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. You can tell that I sometimes have to wrangle the transitions on Resting Pitch Face. (laughs) (laughs) Transitions? What are that? I wouldn't know. The other question that we ask everybody that I could not possibly Very polarizing. Is do you believe that Dottie dropped the ball on purpose or because it happened naturally when she fell? I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) So to be honest with you, every time I watch it, I feel a little bit differently. I think where I am now, and and I've also seen some interesting polls about this where people ask, like, are you an older sibling or a younger sibling? And Mm. which one do you think? Where I am now, I kind of think she she let it go on purpose. Where I was when I was a kid and a younger sibling, I'm a younger sister, I would never have wanted to believe that she dropped it on purpose because then it wouldn't be about Kit finally overcoming her as a barrier to success. Mm -hmm. It would be about Dottie giving it to her unearned. And as a younger sister, that didn't feel right. And now that I'm a little bit older, I can kind of see it the other way and that's not such a bad thing so i i definitely every time i watch it i see it a little bit differently yeah i like that aspect of the older sibling young younger sibling because that would yeah that would make a difference in how you view it and i can't take credit i never thought about that i think i saw it in a twitter poll yeah that's interesting because yeah it's hard to come down definitely for me like one way or the other Cause it's like, for me, it's kind of the same. Like I went into it thinking, you know, she did it on purpose. And then the more I watched it, I'm like, I I don't know, you know, there's, but it's hard because there's so many just little things, you know, on each side that makes sense. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and it's so hard to believe that she wouldn't have wanted to win. I mean, she yeah. made it all the way to Yellowstone and came back because she wanted to win. Mm-hmm. Hashtag justice for Alice. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Poor Alice. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I am an older sister and I I talk about it all the time how I was I had a best friend who lived next door who was two years older than me. So we very much slotted into the dot and in fact I called her Dottie, she called me Kit, and then my biological sister was seven years younger than me. And so she was the one who was always like tagging along and way too small to be playing with us. <laughs> and we'd make her like 
sit on the porch while we played baseball <laughs> and we told her her nickname could be May because she was the third girl. And so just... Well, I guess if you have to have a consolation prize character, let it be Madonna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, as she grew up and became a teenager, I regretted kind of giving her that <laughs> nickname. But, and, but now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, would I drop the ball for her? And my uh, big yeah. sister brain goes and me like, well, of course I would. I'm like, no, Tierney, no. You think it was natural. <laughs> See, that's hard because I'm I'm the youngest of, of three. But, you know, thinking of that, I naturally my sister and I are just anything. We're just competitive. Like we're in. <laughs> so it's like I couldn't see either of us really being like okay you know whatever I'll, I'll i'll drop it on purpose like but that's just us we're just naturally competitive even when it doesn't really matter it's just like no i will win that's the best i've definitely had friends where it's like we're gonna be competitive over the stupidest things possible now <laughs> oh i will do anything if you make it a contest my friends have discovered there are two ways to motivate me to do something that they don't want to do in fact my landlady used to do this um <laughs> if she needed a piece of furniture moved she would just sort of look around sadly and oh, no. say like oh well you know this really needs to go upstairs but i guess it'll have to wait until one of the guys get back oh that's yeah that's that's it you're like she nope. knew exactly what she was doing she, <laughs> exactly she's, she's, like, she's nope, a I got stone this. cold rock hard feminist like more than anybody i know but she knew exactly how to get me to do something that she wanted yeah. and i would move the furniture and i yeah. both knew what was happening but you know what <laughs> the furniture got moved that's like when my sister and i were watching the patriot with you know with mel gibson and heath ledger um her husband we were watching it with him and like my parents and we were talking, my sister and I were talking about it and we we're like, oh, it's uh, Timothy Dalton. And her husband's like, no, it's not. And we're like, yes, yes, it is. We were like, it is Timothy Dalton. We swore up and down. And I think he finally, I forget how he found it because this was days before, you know, you could just IMDB everything. Google everything. <laughs> yeah. And I think we just had to wait for the end credits. Oh my gosh, you know end credits we had to wait that long but he's like yeah see and we're like oh no it's jason isaacs we're like who is that and then harry potter came out and we're like oh do you ever find yourself uh, forming like irrational hatreds of actors for things like that oh yeah yeah you made me be wrong (laughs) well at least he was mr malfoy though he wasn't like a good guy I mean, yeah. at least if I didn't like him, I really wasn't going to like him watching Harry Potter. So there's yeah. that. He just got to be fabulous. It's a with fine fabulous hair. Surprise. <laughs> I, again, nothing to do with the League of Their Own. Yeah, just, just about just competitiveness. Just to point out, Mr. Malfoy, looking good. <laughs> You're not wrong. So was there anything you wanted to bring up before we set you free? <laughs> um, let's see. I had a list, but I think I actually hit it. I really wanted to talk about Doris and May and the queer oh. subtext there because that's so important to me. But we did talk about that. And I love that. I've referred to them multiple times as the loves of each other's lives. And it's yeah. like, you oh, can yeah. take that however you want to take that. They are the loves of each other's oh, lives. Oh, they're, they're Holmes agree. and Watson. You there can you make go. whatever you want of the relationship, but you can't have one without the other. And it can yeah. be different things to different people. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad that we did a good job then if we hit everything on your list. <laughs> and then some. Yeah, bet you didn't think Jason Isaacs was going to come up. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't yeah, expecting I it, but I also, I, I do feel a little bit responsible. I think I was an element of chaos on this podcast, so I hope that was okay <laughs> with you guys. 
Hey, the world is chaos now, so <laughs> yeah, we very much good. embrace it. Believe me, anything that lets me take like an hour of my week to just talk about baseball is awesome, and and not like owners fighting and percentages of salaries. Just like no, no, no. Let's just talk about baseball and be happy. Please and thank you. So thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Uh, really, really helping me get through these days. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. And it's it's making me want to go. So I'm probably going to rewatch it. But the other thing I've been doing periodically is I've been making these little quarantine karaoke videos just to amuse myself. And I put them on YouTube, but nobody really watches them. And that's fine. It's for me. But one of the ones on my list was to put on my Peaches uniform and get my ukulele, which I can't really play, oh, and cool. do the do the song. So... That would be awesome. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be inspired to do that this weekend now. That's awesome. Well, if you do that and want people to watch it, <laughs> please let us know. I will. We're happy to do that. We're on social media. So we just started. We caved. We made a yeah. Facebook group. <laughs> yes, we're still on Facebook. But I love it because we call it uh, the dugout Dugan, with Dugan. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun to say. So if you are on Facebook, please join us there. We share all sorts of fun stuff that crosses our paths, uh, movie specific, league specific, all sorts of fun. And then if you're looking for us on other forms of social media, look for our, I guess, parent podcast, par- podcast series. I'm still working on the terminology, but VCR Privileges is going to be a series analyzing the movies of our childhood, the ones that we watched over and over again growing up. That's where you can find us. And Laura, let them know where they can find your podcast and your stuff. Sure. Um, so I'm on Twitter myself as Sheer Hallelujah, which no one can spell. But luckily, you can also find me at Resting Pitch Face with no G. So again, it's hard to spell. I think it was a, a character limit thing on Twitter at the time, but it's technically Rest in Pitch Face on Twitter. Or you can find us at restingpitchface.com, spelled properly on that one. Yeah, no character limit there. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. All right. Well, thank you so much yes, for joining us. Rachel and I will be back with more baseball next week, and we'll, we'll talk yep. to you then. <laughs> Great. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. <laughs> So we're back. <laughs> a very official transition. Couldn't you tell? <laughs> so we have our first MVP. We have an MVP from the first inning. And Rachel, it is already controversial because baseball can do nothing simple in the year 2020. <laughs> we had a tie. Yes. Now, I will say. Yes, we did. I got a post poll closing notification on Twitter saying, oh, I missed this. I would have voted for. Dun, dun, dun. And we would have had a winner, but it did not come in in time. And officially, legally, we must respect that the people have spoken and they have awarded most valuable player to both, drumroll please, Ernie Cappadino and Dave Hooch. Hooch. (laughs) Yes, Marla's dad and John Lovitz are sharing this award. And a well-deserved award for both. Beautiful for both. And uh, 
again, just to stir up controversy, Marla's dad would have taken it. So that was, okay, so that was the... That would have been an upset. After that, (laughs) So I did not foresee our first ever vote resulting in a tie. (laughs) tie, Yeah, it's only going to get harder from here on out. (laughs) Oh, it's getting harder and we are getting more people involved because this week we have several duos nominated for Most Valuable Player. So I guess this is Most Valuable Duet. (laughs) This is for the second inning, which covers the tryouts, charm school, and the hiring of Jimmy Dugan as manager for the Rockford Peaches. So our first nomination is going to go to the duo of Doris and May. Let's give a hand for Doris and May. How could we not? All the way, May. (laughs) (laughs) They give us one of the most iconic moments of the movie. (laughs) They are adorable together throughout the entire sequence. Yes. It's not just their introduction. They're valuable throughout. So Doris and May are one of your options. What is the other two that stuck out from the tryout scene, Rachel? For our second nominated duet, we have... Helen Haley and Shirley Baker. What a moment of bonding between these two future teammates. And a heartfelt one at that. I was going to say, we we needed a heartfelt moment to transition us between scenes, and they gave it to us. Yep. We have one more duo to go, and I probably should have looked up their names, but it is (laughs) the two who run Charm School, Miss Gracefully and Grandly themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Gracefully and Miss Grandly. We will nickname them. (laughs) Perfect. I like it. Obviously, the lead woman, who I bet I could look up and probably even did when we were talking about it, but I think... Her assistant provides a valuable support, Mm -hmm. especially since she needs to have someone that she's talking to as she goes down the line. (laughs) (laughs) But you see the assistant there throughout Charm School, so she is always around. And our last nominee is actually just a single person, but with enough personality to count as two. It is Mr. Harvey himself, Gary Marshall. Woohoo! Inventor of the delicious... Harvey Bar. (laughs) Hello. They can't hear nothing. (laughs) And the not so well received Clark Gable Bar. Yes. The businessman extraordinaire. But here we see that unlike certain baseball team owners that I could name (laughs) in 2020, he cares about his players. Even after they mess up, he will find opportunities for them. He will try to take care of them, but with a stern hand, not just giving Jimmy money. Jimmy's going to earn it and be a real manager, but he looks out for his former players, his former stars, with a salt-of-the-earth quality that I appreciated. Also, it's Gary Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) So those are your four nominees. Just like last week, we will have polls up on our Twitter at VCR Privileges and in our Facebook group, The Dugout with Dugan, for the next week. So they will close on Friday when the top of the third episode comes out. And that way we will be able to tally the results and let you know your winner at the next bottom of an inning and this just in from the internet (laughs) (laughs) when looking on imdb when trying to find the names of 
Miss Gracefully and her assistant. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they are listed in the cast list as Charm School Instructor and Charm School Assistant. So we were not too far off at all. <laughs> I know. I I do like, though, please do put them in the poll as Miss Gracefully and Miss Gradley. <laughs> yes. I w- yes, we will make sure to have them. <laughs> Character limits be damned. <laughs> Those are their names now. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up. We have our team. We have our coach. And Rachel, if you're ready, I think we're going to move on to the first game of the All-American Girls Baseball League. Let's say batter up. Woo. I mean, usually we say... Go, Go Peaches! Enjoy that? Good. Well, come back next game, will you?